Welcome to Stories from the Midland, a collection of historic tales from Teller County and the surrounding areas. In this episode, we're taking a ride on the Colorado Midland Railway's powerful 300 series locomotives. This episode was written and is being presented for you by Tommy Allen. Now a quick history on the consolidation locomotives before we get started. The consolidation locomotive, the name given to the Baldwin Locomotive Works 280 locomotive, was the answer to the needs identified by one railroad, the Lay Valley that ran through New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Western New York. The LV had steep grades that it needed to get long, heavy trains over, but without engines with the traction and power necessary, the railroad was forced to inefficiently move their loads over that challenging land using multiple shorter and lighter trains. Otherwise, the railroad had to call on 080 engines, and while with its eight driving wheels and four pairs, the 080 could complete the task, it had problems with derailing and also put a great deal of wear on tracks. So, the LV master mechanic Alexander Mitchell submitted a design for a 280, having two leading wheels in addition to eight driving wheels, with several modern upgrades and refinements to the Baldwin Locomotives Works for development. Baldwin tried to convince Mitchell that one of the company's existing flexible beam designs already in production would meet the LV's needs, but Mitchell remained unconvinced. In 1866, Baldwin reluctantly agreed to build the locomotive for the LV, however, with no guarantees in performance. But the 280 quickly proved itself, and Baldwin incorporated the design into its regular offerings. The Baldwin 280, named the Consolidation in honor of the LV's consolidation with several other area railroads, became arguably the most popular steam locomotive in the United States. When the Colorado Midland Railway began operations, it did so with powerful 280s from the Schenectady Locomotive Works. But 10 years later, the CM began buying consolidation engines from the Baldwin Locomotive Works. Between 1897 and 1907, the Baldwin built 16 consolidations for the CM, the last six of which became the CM's mighty 300 series. Now on to our episode. As summer became fall in 1887, the Colorado Midland became the first standard gauge railroad to cross the Continental Divide. Before it began operations, the mines and other commodity providers in Colorado were served by spread out narrow gauge trains, which were smaller and able to carry less, but with tracks that could better conform to tight mountain curves. When the CM began sending its trains between its destinations of Colorado Springs and Leadville, it did so using engines from the Schenectady Locomotive Works in a 280 configuration. A 280 locomotive had a pair of unpowered leading wheels up front, four pairs of much larger driving wheels powered by the locomotive's steam system, and no trailing wheels. With eight driving wheels in contact with the rails, these mighty machines had more traction than the six driving wheels of the 460 locomotives used by the CM for passenger and freight service. 
Because of this, the 280 locomotives were rated to handle 225 tons on a 3% grade and 800 tons on a 1% grade, while the 460s were rated for 200 tons on a 3% grade and 795 tons on a 1% grade. With their increased traction, some of the 280s were stationed at the steepest and longest grades on the Colorado Midland for helper service, providing additional traction and power for heavily laden trains. Throughout the late 1880s and 1900s, the CM continued to acquire locomotives configured as 280s and 460s from the Schenectady Locomotive Works and the Baldwin Locomotive Works. While newly purchased 460s remained in the same load class, the 280s were able to handle more and more with each successive acquisition. And in 1907, the CM purchased what would be the pride of the company, its most powerful Baldwin Consolidation 280s. These engines were rated to handle 375 tons on a 3% grade and 1,225 tons on a 1% grade. But despite their power and traction, they had a relatively short wheelbase and a turning, self-centering front axle, making them ideal for the tight turning radii of the mountain rails. The Colorado Midland labeled these beasts the 300 series, the six engines being numbered 301 through 306. All six were placed into helper service, with two locomotives stationed in Colorado City at just under 6,000 feet elevation to help westbound trains 3,200 feet up Ute Pass to Divide, almost 27 miles away. The other four were stationed at Basalt, about 20 miles southeast of Glenwood Springs, at just over 6,000 feet altitude to help trains on the long, steep, winding climb over 34 miles eastward to Ivanhoe at just under 11,000 feet. Upon helping the trains up these steep grades, the locomotives typically return to their origins. But from time to time, a 300 series engine reaching Ivanhoe would be ordered down to Leadville to help trains climbing westbound, and the occasional 300 reaching Divide would be ordered down to Florissant to help climbing eastbound trains before returning quote-unquote light, just the locomotive and its tender, to their origins. By the way, a tender is the car pulled immediately behind a locomotive that contains coal for fuel and water for the locomotive's boiler. The tenders for the 300 series engines carried 17 tons of coal and 6,500 gallons of water. As the coal-fired firebox in an engine heated the water in the boiler and turned it to steam, that water was replaced from the tender. In addition to providing steam for power, the water in the boiler surrounded the firebox at the front, top, and sides to control heat and prevent the walls of the firebox, called sheets, from warping and losing integrity. The sheet most susceptible to this overheating was the one at the top of the firebox known as the crown sheet. Dropping water levels would expose it first. According to a 1995 National Transportation Safety Board investigation report into the failure of a locomotive firebox, the flames and hot gases in a locomotive firebox at a temperature of 1500 to 2500 degrees Fahrenheit heat the box sheets which, while covered by water, remain at about the temperature of the water in the neighborhood of 400 degrees Fahrenheit. 
If, however, sufficient water is not at all times present to keep the firebox sheets at the proper temperature, the sheets become overheated. Firebox steel, when heated, becomes slightly stronger until about 500 degrees Fahrenheit is reached, after which the strength falls off very rapidly until at 1600 degrees Fahrenheit, the steel has lost about 85% of its strength at normal temperatures. The strength of some part of the boiler, usually the crown sheet, becomes less than that required to withstand the load of steam pressure and rupture occurs. The force of the resulting explosion is in proportion to the size and the suddenness of the rupture and the temperature and amount of water in the boiler. At the instant the steam is released from the boiler, the water in the boiler flashes into steam until heat balance is affected. This steam, generated so instantaneously, occupies a space vastly greater than that occupied by the water in the boiler, perhaps 1,500 to 2,000 times as great. The terrific rush of the steam to occupy this greater space often tears the boiler off the locomotive frame and results in a rocket-like behavior of the boiler. This effect would be demonstrated several times on Colorado Midland locomotives. In August of 1896, engine 35, a 460, exploded spectacularly, the result of broken crown sheet bolts sending a ton of wreckage into the air to rain down on the surrounding area. Luckily, a few people only received minor injuries. In the summer of 1907, the crown sheet of engine number 7, one of the original 280s, partially let go while pulling passenger train number six through Red Rock Canyon east of Basalt and the resulting energy blew the fire out through the air grates at the bottom of the firebox. And on October 9th, 1912, one of the mighty 300s exploded. A heavy stock train was ascending the 3% grade from Basalt to Ivanhoe and two 300s were detailed to help it climb. One of them was connected behind the caboose, and the other, engine 301, was cut in several cars behind the road engine. The engineer on engine 301 was Jack Clegg, a well-respected 20-year senior employee with the Colorado Midland and a family man. In this trip, he had come from his ranch in Delta to fill in for an absent engineer. The fireman on engine 301 was Charles Augustine. He had just returned to work after his honeymoon on the Pacific Coast, having been married four months before. Now the train was most of the way up the climb, about half a mile up from Nast, Colorado, between 2.30 and 3 o'clock a.m. when the boiler exploded, blowing Clegg and Augustine out of the driver's cab and onto the coal in the tender. Clegg was killed instantly but this may have been a mercy as Augustine was still alive, horribly scarred and disfigured by the superheated steam. The boiler was blown clean off the running gear, the engine's wheels. It flew about 200 feet and landed on a car full of livestock, killing 29 cows. Responding to the explosion, the other engine crews brought the train to a stop and rushed to the middle of the train. They found Clegg, his body broken and lifeless, and Augustine crying with the torturous pain. 
Augustine was quickly evacuated to Leadville's Sisters Hospital, where he died within a few hours of arriving. The explosion was never completely explained, but the prevailing theory is that the water dropped below the top of the crown sheet. One newspaper theorized that a change in the grade led to water being splashed back onto the red-hot crown sheet, causing it to quickly fail. Jack Clegg was buried in the Mason Cemetery in Grand Junction, his brother Mason's showing up in a crowd to honor him. As to Engine 301, its running gear was sent to Colorado Midland shops in Colorado City, the engine was rebuilt, and it returned to service in 1913 and stayed in service until after the Colorado Midland closed down operations. While Engine 301 was in the shop, its tender was traded over to 303 when that engine's tender was pitched over a cliff when a rock on the tracks derailed it. When the 301 resumed work, it was with a new tender. The Colorado Midland Railway ran a challenging road, and as helper engines, the 300 series ran the most challenging of it. And, as with other classes of locomotives, the CM's Baldwin Consolidation 280s had their share of accidents, but overall they proved to be hardworking and reliable. And they earned their place as the pride of the railroad stable. When the Colorado Midlands ceased operations in 1918, they rented the 300 series locomotives out to haul ore from the Cripple Creek District down Ute Pass. In 1921, all six engines were sold to the Central Mexicano, which had become nationalized into the Nacional de Mexico in 1909, and with some modifications continued service over the next 30 years. Three of the engines were retired in 1953, one in 1954, and one more in April of 1957. And the last of the locomotives that started life as the Colorado Midlands 300 series ended its service in July of 1957, having run for just over 49 and a half years. Thank you for joining us for this episode. This is Tommy Allen, and on behalf of Trevor Phipps, have a great day. And should you find yourself driving a steam locomotive, make sure you keep the water levels in the boiler topped off. We look forward to having you join us next time for more Stories from the Midland. References used in this episode can be found on its webpage. Visit storiesfromthemidland.com slash podcast.